From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Welcome back to The Stoop Sessions. My name is Joel Kurz. I'm Stephanie Greer. And I'm Eric Hill. It's good to have you guys on The Stoop. It's good to be on The Stoop. Always. The last couple episodes we've been talking about uh, discouragement. We've been talking about burnout. We're going to shift a little bit today toward prayer. Yeah. Let's talk about prayer. What a friend. What, what a friend. A friend we have. I'm so weepy. I'm sorry. All right. Take so it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. So let's talk about prayer. Why don't we pray? Can I pause? That's Can a I negative statement. Yeah. Are we talking about individual prayer, like individual, like me? In my prayer life, or are we talking about as a church and as a ministry in the inner city? I'm thinking as a prayer? church and as a ministry church? in the inner okay. city. Okay. I just assume we don't pray enough. I, I'd, I'd hate to start with a negative of why garden, don't we or pray. or other churches? Maybe. I mean, I'm not over here just like collecting people's prayers, yeah. but I do think uh, just knowing myself and conversations that I have with with our members that sometimes there can be a franticness. And yeah. I, I think prayer rightfully puts yeah, yeah. you at a place where you're still and... Yeah. And trusting in Jesus. So I think we can always pray. Yeah. And it's not just our issue in the garden. It's been in the scripts. Yeah. If my people would pray, if my people would cry out, bother yeah. me. Uh, you know, he bends his ear to us. And I'm going to assume if it was a problem for our forefathers, it's clearly a problem for us here. We're not that impressive. So why don't we pray? I think a lot of churches lack in public prayer because they think that people are going to find it boring that if we pray too much publicly, that we're going to lose people. We're too holy. It's going to come across as too holy. It's awkward. Yeah, and so prayers in churches just become short little prayers uh, where the the music team shifts and transitions. You know, prayers become just the transitional point between uh, dramatic acts within the church. And prayer is not the reason we're coming together. Prayer is just kind of a sideshow. So what is prayer? I feel like Elder Elder E.J. Hill would ask that. You would start us with being like, let's let's talk about what prayer actually is. Is that is that something you would have said? I probably would I should have. let you say it. Yeah. But <laughs> so to, to answer your question, I feel like you just threw that question at I did because I'm just trying yes. to think about what it would be like if I was E.J. Hill. Yeah. I think it's a simple answer. Man. Prayer is... Is, is communing with God, is going to God, and, you know, you actually, in, in prayer we show that our dependence, our reliance is on Him. You know, we're not sufficient to, to do anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and prayer demonstrates that. You know, when, when yeah. we think of public prayer within a church, praying together as a church, prayer being part of the culture of a church, yeah. we're demonstrating to the church and to the world exactly. that we rely not on ourselves, yeah. but we, re- re- we rely on God. Exactly. Um, I think that prayerlessness happens with prideful people. I think of uh, in the Bruce Reed, uh, Richard Sibbs says, weakness with watchfulness will stand when strength with too much confidence fails. And I think when Christians lack understanding how weak we really are out here, or what, what the enemy actually is, that's why we don't pray. We really think we can actually do this, that we're doing this, whatever this is, whatever that um, struggle looks like, we think we can we can get those things by human means. And God, through Christ, has never worked that way. So right. if we could commune and connect and 
have our God bend his ear to us, humans. Mm -hmm. Who are we that he's mindful of us? And we don't do that. It's because we think we can do spiritual things or we don't even recognize that it's a spiritual fight. We don't even recognize that being a spiritual warfare. Like I think um, that word has been thrown around in so many different camps, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Deception is true and different um, ways that enemy works is true. And so I think we are prideful people who don't pray enough because mm-hmm. we think we actually can bring to light spiritual realities by physical physical means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and as it relates to our work in the inner city, uh, I think that we are, the, the, the physical needs are always in front of us. The uh, opportunity to act is always right there, you know. And, uh, and we think that we can do something about it sometimes, you know, and so we just find ourselves in action more so than in prayer. You know, I'll just confess, uh, to you guys, well, and I guess to whoever's listening, (laughs) all three of them. (laughs) And your mom. (laughs) She don't listen to this. Um, um, I'll confess to you guys that yesterday I was planning to pray from three to five uh, in my office here because, you know, we've got this learning center. The kids were going to go. It's going to be quiet in here. And I was going to pray from three to five. And I ended up just doing ministry. Like, I ended up just talking to people. When I say doing ministry, I mean prayer is ministry. I ended up just Mm -hmm. meeting with people, talking to people, trying to uh, fix some problems, you know, and I went home at 530 feeling like, never prayed. Mm. You know, why is that? Well, it's because the needs are right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so to, to, to pray is to say, I'm not going to go about meeting this need right now. Like I'm going to ignore a phone call and, uh, you know, somebody that I'm thinking about reaching out to them, you know, doing something. I'm going to ignore all of that and go to the Lord in prayer. Um, that's a, that's an exercise in humility. Yeah. A prideful people, huh? Yeah. I think uh, when you're saying that, I thought of prayer as protest. Another buzzword that's just used <laughs> in a whole lot of other ways. You know you're getting old when you don't keep up with the news and stuff, so you say things that I don't are even like... Know. You know you're old when you don't even know these buzzwords. I don't know these <laughs> right. buzzwords, but I'm just saying it, prayer is protest of saying, I can see all these other things I could be doing right now, but I'm going mm. to sit and commune with God. Yeah. It, it yeah. is hard work. Yeah, that's right. It's hard work. So us just being impatient people, um, you know, like even as a, a church sometimes, um, with prayers, like you have to wait on God to, to answer your prayers sometimes, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, because we're, we can be so impatient at times, it's like because of all the needs that are like right there, it's like, man, I got, I got to do this. I, I got to do it. Who else is going to do it? Like, I have to do it. As we think about prayer in church, a lot of people have their own ideas of what prayer is. And so there's an intimidation. You know, we had one Christian in her 50s, mid-50s, who had been scared to pray publicly just because any other context she had been in prior to had to have these eloquent prayers and she just felt like she wasn't you know special enough Mm -hmm. and so I do think that there's got to be something that we um where we kind of demystify prayer it's amazing it's spiritual Mm -hmm. God is 
is listening to us, but it's also a pretty normal conversation with God. And so, you know, she's been so intimidated as we, we meet once a month for prayer and, uh, you know, all she can do is hear the prayer. She's like, ah, I'm not able to utter it because I'm not, I'm not, yeah. uh, I can't do this. You know, yeah. I don't have anything extra special to say. So I do think it's something for us to, to think about how we train, um, encourage our members to, to sure. see the ordinary, like me, the grace of it just being able to pray, but also yeah. the, the, the beauty that happens when we do pray. Yeah. Yeah. And also to really recognize, though, even with that ordinariness, how supernatural it is. Yeah. You know what yep. I'm saying? Not like, to just, right. yeah, pull away from that. Right. Like, um, yeah. it's not casual. We're not casual in our prayer. Yeah. And I think part of our role as uh, uh, gospel workers and pastors and, you know, people that are serving and discipling uh, is to model public prayer for people, what it looks like, whether public prayer means three or four people or whether it's in front of the church. Mm-hmm. There's a gravitas behind that you know there's a sense of uh unworthiness as we come before god but then worthiness in christ uh thankfulness before god um petitioning and um to the point where we were praying together uh with i think with our interns a couple weeks ago and and i was thinking just listening to the way that we were praying like we weren't doing uh, i don't think we were doing a great job with the gravitas piece (laughs) all right we were because we do pray a lot we'll talk about that but I was just thinking, like, if if Jesus was, like, sitting here and we were, like, literally looking at him, we would be talking differently mm-hmm. than we would in this little prayer that I'm throwing up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then that leads me to remember a couple months ago uh, we were sitting down. We were also with the interns, and someone said, you know, I just can't pray publicly. I can't do it. Do you remember what, what, what advice you gave him? No. Okay. <laughs> well, that de-escalated quickly um Do you you? S- yeah oh. that's why i was, I was prompting Sorry. that but i'll just <laughs> reframe it so i remember we were sitting um in the office a couple of months ago and mm. someone said you know i'm struggling with praying publicly with the congregation it's not just about publicly but just praying with the congregation in general and you asked them well like how's your personal prayer life so as much as we don't want to put too much weight on um particularly for this episode, focusing on someone's personal prayer life, we can't be fake in public what we're not doing in private. So there does need to say, you know, maybe if I pray to Jesus, like he was there in my own moments at home, doing what I do in private publicly would be no issue for me. Right. I would just, sure. na- it would naturally flow. It's an and that's extension why, of your personal prayer life. Yeah. When yeah. you're preaching to yeah. us on Sunday, we look like dead souls. It's probably because we haven't yeah. stoked our right. hearts towards the Lord that whole week. We can't just fake it. Show that's up. Good. Yeah. Show up cold. On one hand, we've Practice. got to have our, uh, on one hand, we've got to have our personal prayer life. And then on the other hand is families and kids, you know, for those who have uh, children or a spouse, sh- that should be, that's a form of public prayer, like right there. Yeah. I mean, it's still yeah. private, but. But uh, again, your public prayer life ought to be coming out of that as well. You know, praying with your kids, yeah. teaching them how to pray. Um, and then, you know, if you're a single, maybe you don't have a spouse or kids to pray with, but praying with an accountability partner and, you know, pray, praying in all, all sorts of ways um, needs to be vibrant. Mm-hmm in order for our public prayer life yeah. to be vibrant. That's my yeah. point. Um, I remember growing up in the Haitian church, and there's a song that is called Ditura Jezi, which means, like, tell Jesus everything. And we would hear the old heads singing it, 
all the time. And I'm just saying, just hearing it modeled with people crying out to the Lord personally in our own home, it was not awkward for us to see that in a public setting because in the Haitian culture is pretty expressive. I can't speak to other cultures, but um, there was a desire to want to pray and to have the same connection with God or uh, they, they, they made it winsome because they spoke of God as if he was there mm-hmm. and Jesus as if they were communing with him. So yeah. I think that that point that you talk about, yeah. would we pray if Jesus was actually sitting there? He is. But if we actually saw that there is a gravitas, there is a Lord, I, I love how we have one member in our church. Anytime he starts off praying, and, and this seems genuine, he's like, Lord, you're magnificent. You're mm-hmm. remarkable. And it's like, let's remind ourselves of who we're actually coming before. Yeah, and I, right. I do think there's some love that's missing, some passion that right. I'd see on a baseball field or a basketball court that we miss with prayer. And maybe that's we good. mix that with thinking we need to be more reverent. I, I think on one hand, we don't know how to listen to prayer as well. The person who's praying out loud is not the only prayer in the room. You know, there should be another hundred or however many people you have in the room praying with that person, right? But I think too often people are just zoning out during prayer. Distracted. They're distracted. They're they're looking at their phones. They're looking at Facebook. They're texting somebody. And then at that point, prayer has just become a routine. It's it's a nicety that we have. Like a show. It's a show. God help us. Exactly. And and so um, one of our members, he challenged me... uh, in the way that I thought about that myself, like he was like, look, in churches I've been in before, uh, people who are um, not the public prayer, the people that are listening, mm-hmm. are praying out yeah. loud themselves what's yeah. being said. They're, they're reiterating it. Yeah. And uh, praise God for that. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and isn't that, I mean, that's what yeah. I'm talking about is like the practice of... Us actually being unified. Yeah, and I'm not saying yeah. that every church needs to have that culture, but right. what I am saying, though, is, is that that's getting at something there. And yeah. so I, I personally, since that conversation, have been, when I'm hearing somebody pray, I've been trying to pray with them yeah. in an, amen. a very yeah. intentional so way. Yeah. You know, just hearing what they're saying and really thinking about it and offering yeah. that up to God and allowing them to lead me yeah. in my praying. Yeah. I think sometimes we we have this sort of mindset of like, oh, Reformed churches are supposed to be right. stoic yeah. and cold. And we br- we can bring that culture in into where we go. Yeah. We're also you know? a multi-ethnic church with so many different church backgrounds and yeah, non-church backgrounds. True. So I think it's good that we're always talking about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I wouldn't say heart, our church is yeah, stoic and cold. What's the heart <laughs> behind it? So I guess my oh, question... Yeah. Next question is like, why should we pray? When we look at being in Baltimore, why should we pray? There's so many different reasons, but why? In a city like Baltimore, like because the needs are just so prevalent, like who who is sufficient for these things? We're not like in and of ourselves. Like we we have to pray. I yeah. mean, there's so many things, so many needs around us. Um, yeah, we we have to be a, a church devoted to prayer. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that, again, that shows our dependence on God because there's no way that we could do these things yeah. by ourselves. And I think the, it's modeled in the Bible, you know, yeah. in John O's book, Prayer, <laughs> um, page 94 and 95. He's just got a long list from Acts here of bullet points of, of how the church prayed together. Mm. They uh, prayed for wisdom. Yeah. They prayed as the general rhythm of their lives. Uh, they went to the temple during the hour of prayer. They prayed for boldness in the face of opposition. So we have the model in scriptures as well. Like, mm. uh, it's it, it's what we do. That's right. um, 
I don't remember who it was. Someone once said that uh, a Christian that's not praying is like a fish out of water. Like water is the fish's natural habitat mm-hmm. and prayer is our most natural habitat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, too, in our theology, we can start asking these questions of, well, why pray? If God is sovereign, then why pray? And I think the answer is, is well, first of all, he moves through our prayers. His, yeah. his sovereign plan includes answering our prayers. Yeah. You know, that's the means right. through which he moves. And, uh, and secondly, it's just our, it's our natural habitat. It's what Christians do. Right. Yeah. We commune with God. It's how we breathe, like yeah. you said. So at the garden, just real quick, like what are some ways that we pray? So we pray on Sunday mornings. Pray on Sunday mornings. We pray on we have an evening prayer service. Evening prayer through yep. the Once Psalms. Usually we pray through a Psalm. Yep. At the evening prayer service. Mm-hmm. Uh, our staff prays uh, every day that they're in uh, the office for through a list of individuals that we are sharing the gospel with. Mm-hmm. That's about 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes a day. And we pray Sometimes through the Sometimes not all the staff acronym. is there, but basically whoever's there can be there for yeah, a half and, hour. Yeah. We and a confession, I'll say a confession is sometimes... This thing makes me think of John O's book is saying, you know, we we don't treat prayer like breathing, but we treat it like the prescription medication mm-hmm. to rid us of an infection. Right. And once the infection's gone, we're like, oh, we don't need as much dosage. I think sometimes because we're praying through these prayers that we ha- take time to come mm-hmm. to fruition, mm-hmm. it can get discouraging. Like, ah, oh, man, I'm just kind of right, just doing right. this. So we we, have we to- pray for so many people every we day. Do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'm wondering, like, man, we're going to keep some... praying. Right, <laughs> yeah. what's happening? And so, um... but but yet, let me say this: though. we've seen we have we have people in the office today who our are results results of us praying, like people who have been on our prayer in list. Fact, they came that to Christ. is the results of it's our good. like the the people Everybody, that have wandered in here. We've prayed for. We've right. crossed them off the prayer list. Like they're they're matter here. of fact, Steph. Uh, in our time to staff prayer, is there anybody that has come to Christ in our church? been baptized, brought into membership that was not on our prayer list? I don't think so. No, I'm genuinely I, I, counting. I really think we've prayed for every single person we who's have. been saved. Who has been saved as a result of hearing the gospel here yeah. at the Garden Church. And so we forget that because of our own natural yep. you know, state. So I think when we think about why should we pray, it's because mm. we need to be reminded that we don't wrestle against flesh yeah. and blood, but against the principalities. Yeah. Right. yeah. And right. it's so true. Like we're praying for close to a hundred people on our list. So it can be really discouraging, but there have each individual has made a transition from the first page. We have like five pages to the yeah. second of, Hey, we're praying for their right. obedience and their trust in the Lord. And right. so continue trust. So that is beautiful. Joe, I love how you, in your pastoral prayers on Sundays, how you you pray for other churches like in this city. Mm. You know, it's not like the Garden Church is the only church here and we're the only church that's doing ministry. But I appreciate the fact how you're intentional with praying for other churches, recognizing that, you know, God has other churches in the city yeah. that are, you know, doing the same work that we're doing in different neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Having an intentional pastoral prayer is part of our culture within our church. You know, it could be a longer longer prayer than usual where we're lifting up um, all sorts of things from issues in society, uh, issues of racism and uh, injustice to uh, missions, people that we're supporting uh, to our own church family. What other kinds of prayer do we have on Sunday mornings? Confession. Confession. Yeah. I think it's very important. Yeah. Right. And that prayer why, before why communion have a, why gets have a specific me. prayer of confession? Mm. 
Like, if we believe the Bible to be true, yeah. what it says about us, that we we all fall short. Yeah. We come before God, you know, recognizing that. Mm-hmm. We will have a prayer of uh, assurance of forgiveness as well. Yeah. Um, Which is important right. as well. Because it's not like, you know, we, we confess our sins mm-hmm. and it's not like, you know, God deals with us according to mm-hmm. our iniquities because we're in Christ. Yeah. Right? So it's very important to follow up with yeah. that, hey, you are forgiven. So we have, just for what it's worth, we have um, usually an elder lead the church through the, the our worship service in prayers. We'll have intentional prayers, such as a prayer of confession and others. Uh, but then there's also just random praying, you know, like somebody on the music team prays and, and others. Um, and uh, yeah, prayer is important. How about Sunday nights when we meet together once a month? So I think uh, we've been praying through a psalm together. We prayed through various um, prayer requests. And um, something that we've been doing more is praying through uh, for other nation groups or mm-hmm. uh, people groups that don't know the Lord. And so the the importance of that is even though we're focusing on the inner city and our context here it is so important that when people are saved they recognize they're saved into a community they serve into to, to to those who follow Christ right. and that's bigger than the 21217 right. so uh praying for people groups that they would have their eyes opened uh is so important for people to do and for us to do and so i think we could grow in our desire for prayer and our pursuit of it but I think when, if we really recognize what we gain uh, when we do pray, we wouldn't be so uh, quick to mm-hmm. to think about our schedules and yeah. things that don't fit in. Yeah. And, you know, to uh, our appetites would be ready yeah, and right. hungry. And and we can talk about people wanting people to be more passionate in their prayers and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not our passion no. that makes That's our true. prayers powerful. It's yeah. the God that we're praying to that makes our prayers powerful. Who has the ability right. to grant right. these things above and beyond what we could yeah. ever fathom right. or think about. Like I've prayed, I have prayed passionless prayer. I have Say prayed, it again. <laughs> I have prayed pa- passionless <laughs> prayers. That God has used mightily, and yet He's still yeah. faithful. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, and so, you know, you see Him, you see Him work. You get encouraged in your prayer life. It does yeah to see Him, and then you stare at His glory. How you amazing want nothing is else. it though that we have this access to God that we didn't have at one time and didn't yeah. even want? Praise God. But because of Christ, we we have this access. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives.